1: These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska. The frost advisory is canceled.
2: Corn huskers, more like corn suckers.
1: Are you ready for this podcast?
3: All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Your Hawkeye oasis located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. We're excited to be joined by former Iowa Hawkeyes basketball star, Duez Henderson. Duez, how's it going, man?
2: Adam, it is doing well. Doing well. I'm excited to uh, to be on the podcast tonight. Excited to share my stories. And, yeah, excited to be on.
3: Yeah. Jerry, did you hear the echo? In the intro, so I did. Bit. I did it. Okay. Had a
4: little Lou Gehrig effect there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it
3: normally like <laughs> mutes the microphone on its own. I don't have to do it, and it didn't mute Duas's mic. So we were hearing like the reverb from it. So hey, the remix. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's the remix that's... of our intro
4: song. We're we're
2: adding. An hey, old before, we, oh,
3: before go ahead.
2: we hop into things. Um, I'm just wondering, like being in the middle of cornhusker country, uh. like. Have you guys noticed any like lag in internet speed when you're doing a Hopsnet show? Or anything Does your internet provider kind of slow things down? Are you it's, working on dial-up or something? And,
4: it, and it's funny you ask, I do because we've mentioned a couple times that the telegraph converters just don't work out in this part of the country very well. So
3: what made you ask that? Because that's legit something we've talked about on here before.
4: He's, he's probably seen the previous work when Adams. Screen freezes wide with his mouth wide open. So
3: yeah. <laughs> We've
2: all been caught in that, uh, in that polls over the last few years.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, I'm starting to think that, you know, a little bit more about us than you let on, because that is absolutely something we joke about and make fun of all the time is the poor internet quality, especially where I live. I'm kind of out in the country. So, um, Not too far out there, but um, it is not great. We don't have fiber out here like most of the other rest of the modern world. So I'm probably going to be the last guy on the
4: planet that gets it. Adam, we're in Nebraska. If you're not in Lincoln or Omaha, you're out in the country. So you didn't have to specify that. (laughs) Touche.
3: Touche. Anyway,
4: we're really excited about having Duwez on tonight. You know, we got a lot to discuss uh, from his Hawkeye career. you know, sweet 16s, uh, tournament championships, so on and so forth. But to get things started, do let's uh, let's start out. What are you up to now? Kind of update our all the fans on what you're doing?
2: Yeah, great question. So I am currently in St. Louis, Missouri, um, with my wife and two awesome children, uh, Randy Peterson, uh, was, who was known as she was known she played for the Hawkeyes. But yeah, we've been here in St. Louis for the last five, five and a half years. Uh, Got two awesome kids, uh, Harper, our daughter, who is five, and Ezekiel, or Zeke, who is four. Uh, Just great, and they're definitely the center of everything that we do. Now Uh, and then,
4: go ahead. Don't go ahead.
2: Yeah, um, and then yeah. So Randy and I, we are actually coaching together at the University of Washington in St. Louis on the women's uh, side. Here, Uh, it's been great, uh, you know, working with her. We uh, we agree on just enough and disagree on just enough to make it work. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, that, that's really good, and we really enjoy, um, you know, being at Wash U and being in St. Louis. And then in addition to that, I also i am um, the general manager of the St. Louis Surge, which is the women's uh, professional team based out of St. Louis here. Um, you know, basically the, the goal of this league is to grow it to be um, a developmental league uh, for the WNBA. The uh, okay. past few years we've had a uh, few WNBA players Uh, play with our team. And that's, it's really good, a really great atmosphere, really community-based team. um, And it's really high level basketball. So that's been a great part to be um, involved in. And it just gives us another uh, touch point and connection with the community, which we really value. So.
4: Oh, that's fantastic. Now you mentioned your wife being uh, Randy Peterson, now Randy Henderson, I, I I listened to her, uh, did some research earlier, and you guys, you know, normally when, you know, Hawkeyes end up together, it usually started in college, but you guys had a little bit of a different story. So tell us about how you guys, you know, where you knew Randy from and then how you guys ended up getting together.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, shorts, the short version and then uh, the longer version. <laughs> uh, it basically comes down to she, she was too cool for me in college. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, so this was, uh, yeah, so – By the time Randy and I actually met and started dating, I had, you know, we had both graduated from college. We had both moved away. Um, I went to play professionally and coach professionally in Germany, and we both ended up back at Carver at an alumni game. Uh, We ended up on the same team. Um, It was a community event where they brought a bunch of former Hawkeyes back, a really cool event. Um, Yeah, and we ran into each other then. We were on the same team, so... Uh, she likes to joke and say that uh, the only reason I started talking to her is because she was rebounding all of my misses, which uh, <laughs> may or may not be true. Um, but no, yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, you know, we started. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say we started dating right away. It took her a while to kind of catch the drift. Uh, at the time, I was uh, training one of the players that she was recruiting, so it kind of started off like, hey. Uh, I'm, tra- I'm training Mickey Hanchy, who went to Iowa City uh, High, who's a great mm-hmm. still friend of ours. She credits. She credits. She takes credit for Randy and I being together to this day. But, um, you know, I invited Randy to one of the workouts um, and basically sat and talked to Randy the entire time. Um, then I went up to Co. College to watch a couple of her practices. Um, she thought I was just like this huge basketball nut, which I am. But she didn't understand that I was uh, more interested in the coach than watching our team practice. So, yeah, we uh, like I said, we started dating around that time. We dated for about a year. We were engaged. Um, yeah, after about a year, we were married 18 months later. So.
4: Okay. Yeah. So uh, just real quick, though, I think part of the story went, though, when you uh, first made contact with her after that alumni game, you did it by email, I believe, wasn't it, uh, from what I read?
2: Oh, yeah, Planet plant cool. Um <laughs> I think at some point, um, this this is the way it went. So I the initial contact, the night of the game, I went home and I, I shot her shot her an email. Yeah. Um, I think she shot me an email back. Um then I think the next email, I put my phone number at the bottom. Right? Still kind okay. of cool. You know, you can't, right. you can't go in too hard right away. Um her reply had her phone number at the bottom Ooh. of it. So we're basically, at this point, we're behaving like two seventh graders mm-hmm. who like each
0: other. Yeah. Um,
2: but, you know, it turns out we, we ended up, we, we went on a few dates. And at the end of one of our dates, I go, uh, hey, I think Zeke, bring, it, it, in uh, shot, br- bring, bring him, him in. Bring him bring in. Him bring him in. It
4: happens all the time. Come on in, man. Hey. hey. What's, who we got here? Hi. Hey, Hi. What's your name?
1: Zeke.
3: Zeke? That's yeah. a cool name. How do you like spell that?
4: that? Nice. Oh, yeah. uh,
3: what what, what kind
2: of fans do you think they are? you see what they have on? No. What kind of hat is that?
4: I don't know. What?
2: <laughs> Can you say, go Hawks?
4: Go Hawks. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, so, Zeke, Zeke, Zeke here's Zeke, my cat that's the, trying to help with the interview right now. So, you want to say hi to Marble? <laughs> <cat>. Hi. Hey,
2: <laughs> hey, Zeke, where does Caitlin Clark shoot it from? Way right downtown. <laughs> Way
4: downtown. I love oh, it. This is awesome. Zeke gradient, buddy. Do you go to school? Yes.
2: Are you in kindergarten? No.
3: Hmm.
2: He's a or... he's a preschooler here. Oh, Pre-pre-K. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. All
4: right. Charismatic one at that. You probably got all the uh, all the, everybody tied around your finger, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to that... go with the Go Hawks? Go Hawks. Awesome. Woo! Awesome. Uh, nice to God. meet you, young man.
3: That was awesome.
2: <laughs> so for the,
3: for those of you guys that are listening on the podcast, that's Duez's son, Zeke. That was awesome. That uh, Zeke, is... I'm
0: sorry, guys. Zeke, can you please close the door? <laughs> he, no. he just walked off like, <laughs> no. Bye,
4: Zeke. That, that was almost reminiscent of my house right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, nope. that's the way it goes. Did you say something, Dad? <laughs> anyway. See, this is a
3: family friendly show uh, we, and yeah. we love we love we stuff love like that that's that, great
4: no we would say that's so honestly that was, like, that was like great because that was the first kid and i think and then you know that was what a what a great entrance for the kids so we'll, we'll that was an awesome premiere for having a kid on one of the
2: shows there you go um, but
4: anyway um so going back then Duas, um you know we're talking about your wife and how you met her and then also you touched on the uh gwba when you mm-hmm. talked about it as, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, there's about four teams and it's a development and, you know, how did that come about for you? How did you, you know, where it's something like that early in development, how did that come about as far as having, making contact with you and becoming a general manager?
2: Yeah. So it was very interesting when we, when Randy got the job at WashU and we came um, on our visit here, it was during the summer and there was actually a St. Louis surge game at WashU. WashU is our home arena. Uh, we walked in and I mean, it was a unbelievable environment. Um, you know, it's, it really, it it feels like it's professional basketball from an entertainment standpoint, not only on the floor with the players and the, the level of play, but also, you know, everything that goes on, you know, from halftime shows to, uh, to music, to live DJ being in the, in the arena, which, you know, just adds to that professional type atmosphere. So, um, you know, I went, you know, we that was kind of our entertainment while we were on our visit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I kept tabs on the the league and on the team as as we, um, you know, got into our time here in St. Louis. And um, one day the owner reached out and said they had uh, made a change and she was interested in, uh, you know, sitting down talking to me about the, the head coaching role. Uh, so I did that. My first summer would have been in 19. Um, as you said, the league has four teams right now. Um, there were really big plans to ramp it up to eight to 12 teams uh, in 2020. And just as we're getting ramped up, that's when COVID hit, mm. um, slowed everything down. Uh, we did a really good job that, that summer staying involved in the community as much as we can, could keeping our name, keeping the the brand out there. Um, and then last year, uh, last summer, summer of uh, 21, uh, we came back and we played in a shortened COVID season, um, and, you know, made it to the championship game, uh, great, great time. And then, uh, at the end of last year, or sorry, I'm so, got a little bit out of order there. <laughs> um, before the 21 season, we had set out and, uh, like I have a really strong business background from running my own companies and, uh, that deal and, um, at the time, the owner of our team was transitioning um, into a role with our new, this new St. Louis MLS team, and she was in need of someone to step in and be able to handle some of the day-to-day operations um, and be kind of that that forefront, and that's when she asked me to. So basically for a year, a little bit over a year, I served as head coach and GM, and you know, we both sat down at the end of last season and said, hey – Uh, I think I probably have more to to add, more value to bring, um, being in the front office, operating as a GM. So I transitioned out of the head coach role and solely into the, the GM role right now.
3: How do you have any time in your life to do anything when you're doing, you're an assistant coach, you know, you're working for the surge? I mean, do you have any spare time at all in your life?
2: Uh, very little. And if I do, I have a golf club in my hand cause I'm trying to get here <laughs> There <laughs> uh, we go.
4: Now you're speaking yeah. my language.
2: <laughs> now, um, Adam, it's, it's interesting you asked that. Um, and this brings me, you know, to, to the thought that about like how I'm able to make it all work, right? Like hands in a lot of different pieces, two young ones at home. Uh, Both WashU and the Surge, I'm able to implement my family in different ways. Obviously at WashU with Randy and I coaching, you know the kids are around the team as much as you know anyone you know when possible and it makes sense. And then also uh, with the Surge, um, you know both of them are just really family friendly atmospheres. Um, And then of course a big piece of that is is Randy being understanding and knowing how you know the basketball world works and. you know, it, it just fits. Right. Um, it's a, a lot of things have to align for us to be able to do the things that we do. Um, my mom actually lives with us, uh, which is a huge, huge support system. Um, you know, she's she's great. You know, it's, she could spend more time with her grandkids. She gets to help us out. So it's a win win. So just very blessed to have a, a lot of things line up to allow us to be able to do what we do and impact the people that we, we try to impact.
3: Sure. That's a, that's a blessing right there. Having the, yes. yeah, the mom be there. That's a huge, huge help. That's I wanted cool. to, uh, we want to start back though, a little bit and um, talk who, about, go ahead. Adam, can I
4: interrupt you just one second? Because, yeah, all right. So Randy has gotten her time. Zeke definitely got his time. We tell us about Harper Harper, you know, before we move on with the family, Harper needs some equal airtime here. Do us. So go ahead and mm-hmm. dote yeah. on your, on the other one.
2: So, so Harper's our, our daughter. She's five, um, and she is about a foot and a half taller than every kid in her preschool class. Uh, wow. Not only is she super tall, but she missed the cutoff day to start kindergarten uh, by about a week. So oh. she'll just start kindergarten this fall, but absolutely awesome. She is. Um, yeah. She's just a really neat kid. She loves to read. She's super competitive. Um she basically self-taught herself how to read. At first, we thought she had books memorized, and then she started reading some new uh, library books, and that just came out of nowhere, and it's just flourished, but uh, oh. she's a great big sister. Um, when Zeke is upset with, with Randy and I, or he doesn't get what he wants, he, uh, he says, where's my little mama? Huffing uh, his <laughs> little mom, and she makes sure that uh, she takes care of him. So that's great. I'm, I'm sure she'll stick her hand in here at some point.
3: <laughs> uh, we love it. We're making this one a family affair. So, there you that's, go. That's uh, the best way. It is the best way. It makes it way more fun that way. But like like we were seeing a second ago, we want to start back at the beginning, Duas, about yeah. your recruitment coming out of high school, um, how you ended up becoming a Hawkeye, and just to let you know, there's a dirty rumor on the streets that you were a Michigan fan. Now, is that true? And what what got you to Iowa?
2: Yeah, um, the, the rumor is true. Uh, oh. <laughs> So we grew up, uh, huge Michigan fans in our house. Um, obviously fab five, um, just, I mean, there, there's not many people who grew up in, uh, in in that era who, who were not a fan of the the fab five. Some people just probably say it more publicly. Uh, but, um, yeah, I grew up a Michigan fan. Um, once Michigan got in the picture and started recruiting me, um, I knew that's where it was going to be. Um, and Steve Fisher was, was awesome. Brian Dutcher, who was an assistant who's uh, at San Diego State now, just great dudes, um, really was looking forward to playing with them. And then um, basically the uh, – it would have been the year before my senior year, um, that's when Steve Fisher uh, got fired. Uh, he left and uh, Brian Ellerby came in. Uh, at that point, I decided to, to open up my recruitment again. And Coach Rich Walker, at the time, who was from Inkster, Michigan, originally, mm-hmm. um, he had knew a family friend of ours through kind of the basketball world. And, mm-hmm. you know, he goes, hey, I don't know what you're thinking. Um, come and visit, right? Give it a shot. Come and look around. So um, hopped on a plane, and I would never forget. Uh, <laughs> it looks a little bit different now, but I remember sitting next to my mom and dad on a plane and pilot comes on and says, hey, we, we've started our descent into Cedar Rapids International Airport. And I look out to the left, and I look to the right, and I go, where the hell are we landing? <laughs> I, I saw nothing but cornfields, right? you got to think right. about what the Cedar Rapids Airport looked like, you know, 20, 23 years right. ago, right? Um, so, yeah, anyway, I uh, did that, and this actually um, it brings me to a little side note here. Um, sure, you guys heard of the passing of Mac McCoslin,
3: yeah? Yeah.
2: Um, so Mac was he had the voice of the Hawkeye uh, newspaper uh, slash magazine, and I remember, you know, basically as soon as I walked into Carver, he was one of the first people I talked to, and you know, just absolutely awesome guy. He did a a great story that my Parents still have, um, you know, folded up and everything. So uh, definitely want to just, you know, send my condolences to Kent and the McCausland family. Uh, Iowa Hawkeye, uh, Faithful's definitely lost a big piece of that today. So absolutely. uh, Yeah. But I remember um, at that, you know, it was, uh, yeah, walked in and, you know, he's asked me questions and, you know, this and that and did a really nice write up. So I'm very appreciative of that. So, uh, came on the visit, uh, loved it. Um, yeah, basically I got back home, um, on a Sunday night. And I think that Wednesday I called coach Davis and coach Walker and told him I wanted to be a Hawkeye. And, um, like literally it is, it is, this is going to sound cliche and it's going to sound cheesy, but it is one of the best decisions I've ever made, uh, from a holistic point from the, um, you know, obviously the basketball experience, the people experience, the connections I was able to to make. Um, ultimately, obviously, uh, if I'm a if I'm a Michigan Wolverine, I don't think I I meet Randy Peterson. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I'm just so thankful that that decision was made. And you know, as an 18 year old, you think you're making the best decision, uh, but to be able to look back as a, a 42 year old, uh, 41 year old, I'm not gonna sell myself uh, too old yet. <laughs> Um, But to be able to look back and say, I wouldn't change a thing. uh, I can definitely do that. I can definitely say that. Yeah. And so, you
4: know, um, to that point, um, I lost my train of thought. But I mean, you know, you come in then and Dr. Tom, then I believe your freshman year was a, uh, you know, you come into that situation then, which was then Dr. Tom's uh, lame duck year. Yeah, And I mean, was there just kind of like, was there a lot of doubt that entered in your mind after that about that decision? Or did you, uh, you know, how did that transition go for you then to to go from what you did into the Iowa situation?
2: Yeah, it was was really surreal, right? So you think about it, uh, go through the thing with Fisher leaving Michigan and then find a place that I love. And I think it was probably two months after, that's when they announced that, uh, you know, Dr. Tom wasn't coming back. Um, And I thought about, um you know what that would mean, what that would look like if I decommitted and that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I said, hey, I want this is where I want to be. Uh this is who I thought I was going to play for. Obviously that's going to be one year. Um and then um you know we'll we'll see what happens from there. So uh you know coming in it was it was great. Like I'm again it's things you look back on and, and realize you know, the the blessing or the, the great things that came out of it, right? I was able to, with, with Offer coming in, I was able to see two totally different approaches um, of, of different coaches. And, um, you know, it, it was a blessing, right? Because it's helped me in my training, the way I train players. It's helped me in the way I coach as a player or, sorry, I coach as a coach now. So definitely uh, not the way you draw it up, but, you know, again, it's, you know, life is what you – what you make of the situation that that's handed to you, You put your head down you do everything you possibly can to make the situation as best as possible. Um, and with that said, there was, there were some tough times there, right? I'll, I haven't, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but I think it was probably six or seven games into my sophomore year. Um, I went and offered uh, office and told him I was, I was transferring. I was done. Uh, really? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Not, not a lot of people do. Um, it's not a, a secret, but, uh, you know, it just, it doesn't come up a ton, but it was a situation where, you know, I, I didn't think I was playing as much as I should have. I didn't think I had the role that I should have. And, um, you know, he set me down I mean, he listened to me. I had, uh, you know, I had just about made my mind up. Um, you know, my, my parents didn't necessarily you know, tell me I should do it or I shouldn't do it. They just said, Hey, it's, it's your choice. Make sure you evaluate. Hey, pros cons. What it looks like. What changes it's going to you know entail. I um, mean, then make your best decision. So, yeah, I went in and I talked with him, and um, you know he was he was open to listening, and uh, he understood and listened to my point of view. And he also told me uh, some things that that I wasn't doing that I could have done better, or you know that he needed from me that I wasn't giving, and and that kind of deal. And again, right, like you you just think about these these roads you come to in your life where decisions are made, right? Like if I leave, who knows what happens, but I stayed and, you know, I built up a lot sure. of resolve, built up, a, you know, a little bit more grit, a little bit more fight. I had to fight through things. And, you know, at the same time, right. Like, uh, again, this is something I think about as, as a coach, um, now that I probably didn't see or understand as a 19 or 20 year old, um, you know, he was 32, 33 years old coming from, you know, Southwest Missouri State. He's got to put his stamp on the program. He's got to go and find players that he wants that fits his system and, and, and his yeah. role. Um, so you know, you, I I didn't fault him for that in any way. Um, it was it was me simply making a decision to to change my approach and change my perspective. And you know, I, I put my head down. I worked to get better. And you know, I, I would say I had a a great three years under.
4: Sure. So do us, you know, on that note real quick, I'm sorry, Adam, I interrupted you, but um, I'm sorry, we just recently interviewed Gary Wright, Sir a lot. He played yep. for Iowa, um, you know, and he started under Raveling and then he was under Tom and he told the story about how BJ Armstrong actually was, had been talking strongly about transferring because yep. under George Raveling, he didn't feel like he was getting the playing time that he should, but George yep. had a had a process that you had to follow and the uh, the uh, older guys played more than the younger guys type thing. Mm-hmm. But once Dr. Tom got there, he was a player's coach and you play your style and it was a different feeling that kept DJing. Was that kind of something similar to you then? Was it Dr. Tom's style? And then when Steve came in, it was a different style and it, it just, it was hard to understand or, or you know, I guess does that enter into it as far as Dr. Tom being a player, player own style type coach?
2: yeah um I wouldn't say as much. I mean they had contrasting styles um but I think it more or less came down to um you know again he his job was to recruit the players that that he wanted and um you know it's it's tough when you're kind of you know you, you're there from before right like it, it's just different um mm-hmm. and again, how much of that is perceived versus reality? I don't know right now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I knew then, so sure. I probably, you know, really don't know now, but again, it's just one of those things that, you know, probably created a little bit of uh, grit and a little bit of fight and, you know, saying, hey, like it's, it's ultimately, it's, it's up to me, like, am I going to get better? Am I going to, you know, continue to push and do the right thing? And, you know, I got feedback, mm-hmm. hey, this is what you need to get better at, you know, went and did it and you
3: know, the, the rest is history. Duez, I really want you to dig in and tell us about a man by the name of Reggie Evans. Um, the guy was just a beast on the court, ton of fun to watch play, a rebounding machine, uh, just in, like what, they, what they'll what they say in the business, uh, a high motor. The guy just can go and go and go and go. Tell me you got some good stories about him because he is, a, from what we've seen, seems like a character.
2: You You have no clue. I'm sure not. Like like, unbelievable. uh, Like never a time where he wasn't joking. Like I mean, obviously his nickname was the Joker. Like no pun intended. I didn't even like mean to do that. Mm -hmm. But like lighthearted, fun, silly. Um, I remember so Reggie and I were actually roommates. Um, Oh really? uh, You know, really good friends and um, like you're talking about uh, just a, a shock. I mean, from Pensacola, Florida, to Iowa City in the middle of the winter. Um, Like, I I think the only thing that got Reggie through the two years at Iowa was, like, he had an unlimited, like, supply of Skittles. Okay. (laughs) Like Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. Like, legit. Like, I, I don't know what it was or where it came from. But, like, whether he was happy about a big win, three packs of Skittles. Okay. Ticked off about a bad loss, bad game, three pack of Skittles. <laughs> it's colder than he wants outside, three packs of Skittles. Uh, yeah, it was it was hilarious. And then he also um, – I'm a butcher. I'm not a car guy at all. But he had an older model, like, two-door powder blue – uh, Cadillac that probably had six hundred thousand miles. It. <laughs> and trying to see this dude from Pensacola, Florida, drive through Iowa City in the dead of winter uh, in this car was was definitely something that uh, more people should have seen. I mean, it, it's no question right now um, it, it'll be a reality show right now with all the different <laughs> media outlets and NILs. Right now, he, he would have had his own reality show. It oh. would have been like Skittles and cat, Skittles and old school caddies.
3: Right he would there. have had an nil deal with Skittles then. Oh yeah, for
4: sure. <laughs> Whenever I think of Reggie, I always think about you know how I never probably ever would have wanted to do a loose ball or rebounding drill against him. Did oh, you guys take God. some pretty good lumps in, in uh, practice trying to uh, trying to uh, go after the ball uh, when you were
2: going against him? We had a we had a rebounding drill. It was called Rodman. For the, I mean, I'm gonna give you the 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 Cliff Notes version. Uh Four guys on offense starting outside of the paint, four guy or outside of the three point line. Mm -hmm. Four guys starting inside of the three point line. Shot goes up from a coach, and the first team to get eight total rebounds is the winner. No out of bounds, basically no fouls, (laughs) Um, and it was basically you you just hoped you were on Reggie's team. Like just an absolute monster. I mean, and it was nothing malicious. It was nothing like intentional. But dude, he was just an absolute worker. Um, I mean, it, yeah, dude, he he was he was fun to play against. Um, I mean, he was fun to play with. Um, like we we all felt we had a, a break come game day because we knew uh, we were going to be on the same in the same colored jersey as him. <laughs> Oh,
3: any ridiculous stories from him like anything you look back on and you're like man like i can't believe he did that or that that happened because i i'm sorry there's certain people out in the world that you look you know interact with and you see and you're like okay that guy's gotta mm-hmm. like have some great stories and he's one of them he just again yeah. like i don't know if it's the skittles connection kind of like marshawn lynch He's like such an interesting guy i could listen to him talk all day the, yeah, you know exactly and i feel like reggie's kind of like that too where it's just he's such an interesting dude he's so unique he yeah. had to have had some tour like type of shenanigan or some awesome story back from when you guys were in your playing days it's hard getting put on the spot like that. I know. Yeah. Um,
4: and and then trying to think if you can actually tell it on air. Or... Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And we're trying to see how much we can censor this. You'll uh, get the, the point of it across. Um, Keep it well, PG-13. One,
4: yeah.
2: Well, one story, um, we're playing at Michigan. This would have been, my our junior year. We're playing at Michigan. Um, I remember walking into Chrysler Arena and Reggie, like, walking up to me with this serious look on his face, which he's, like, never serious. And he goes, mm-hmm. Hey, you got an extra pair of shoes?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I go, what? I go, no. I go, how did you leave him at the hotel? He goes, I didn't leave him at the hotel. I said, well, where are they? I was dude, I think they're in my locker room or in my locker in the locker room. So I was like, what? Like we got here like the night before and we're walking in a shoot around and you're telling me right now you don't have any shoes. So <laughs> I remember, I don't know what or how it all like worked out, but I remember he went up to one of our managers and started talking to one of our managers. You just see our manager start sprinting out. Like seven minutes later he comes back in. He's got a or- big orange Nike shoe box. He had somehow went and finagled the Michigan team into giving Uh-oh. Reggie a pair of shoes. Really? There's no way in hell I would have done that. Like <laughs> yeah. that foot before I do
3: yeah. that. <laughs> Well, it's not like you can go to the, like, go to Foot Locker and buy that size of shoe, probably. They're not just sitting on the shelf.
2: Exactly, right? Like, how do you forget your shoes? I bet you we had 15 bags of Skittles, but no shoes. And then, and then for the other team
4: to do it when it's for your start, when of your you yeah, know,
2: you're, like, you're... No way. It wouldn't happen to me.
3: I would give God, anything God. to interview that guy. I, I would love that. It'd be so much fun.
2: Yeah, I'll, cool. I'll have to hook you guys up and, and see what his schedule is, man. He is, he is a riot. I am... Uh, Like you're gonna like feel like you didn't get your money's worth of me once you get him. Oh no, we're having a great
4: time, man. Don't don't worry, we still got more of this to go. What's he?
3: It's not to talk too much about Reggie, but what's he doing now?
2: Yeah, so he's he's still in Florida. Um, I mean, he's working out like crazy. I um, I texted him maybe a three or four weeks ago. Uh, It's like, dude, you're uh, you look like you're getting ready for a ten day. You know, because you know, this is especially, you know, a month ago in the NBA where uh rosters were running short, yeah, uh, due to COVID and they were signing guys. He's like, you know, I'm just trying to be ready. But uh he has some some awesome kids. His kids are uh his oldest daughter is actually going to UCF, University of Central Florida, nice. play football or play football, play basketball there. I want to say she was like top 50 in the country. Wow. Uh, so I mean she's a legit player. Uh, He has a couple more that plays volleyball, and then he has a a younger son, RJ, Reggie Jr., that uh, he's going to be a hooper, like legit. Um, Probably, like, yeah, he's going to be a hooper. So, yeah, he's still down in Florida, and then he does, uh, you know, he plays in the big three, uh, the the three-on-three league during the summer, uh, you know, ice cubes League. He's Mm -hmm. still, you know, just a a, a monster in that, and he's doing well, man. That's been pretty successful. It has. It has. Uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch and, you know, again, just a a different way to keep tabs on guys and, you know, it's still competitive and and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So do
4: as, you know, take us back in then, um, kind of switching gears back into your Iowa career here, take us back into the locker room your freshman year. It wasn't just Dr. Tom's um, lame duck season, but you were in there with the Jess Settles, who I think was in his 55th year of eligibility. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a Dean Oliver, who was a sophomore, but a very mature (laughs) sophomore. And I mean, you know, as you come in as a freshman, like what were your experiences like as a freshman? You know, your, your first impressions, maybe you're welcome to the Big Ten moment and just kind of what that locker room was like with those guys under the circumstances. What is it you remember most about that season?
2: Yeah. Um, It's a really great question. And what I'm going to bring back a name that a lot of people forget about or don't realize that was on that same team, Sam Mm Oakey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Sam Oakey had transferred from Wisconsin a year before he transferred after semester. So he didn't become eligible until, um, Right after New Year's, you know, that's when mm-hmm. the big 10 season used to start. was uh, so like mm-hmm. the first week of January. So, you know, I'm coming in as a freshman and I'm going against, you know, JR Koch, Jess Settles, Sam Hokie. Like, I, I got a lot of welcome to the big <laughs> game, elbows and the hard back screen set and, and all of that deal. But what I remember you know, most is the maturity that those guys had. Um, and a lot of that was bestowed on them by, um, by coach Davis, right? He was, um, and this is, you know, I kind of hinted at this earlier where I talked about the contracts and styles between uh, him and Offer. Um, coach Davis was, uh, Hey, you know what you're supposed to do. You're going to do mm-hmm. it. You're going to be mature and, like, that's going to be it. I'm not going to track you down to get extra shots up. I'm not going to track you down to get extra workouts in, Uh, that piece. And being able to come in, you know, with that group of seniors that year, which was, you know, Jason Bauer, Mm -hmm. uh, J.R. Koch, Kent McCausland, Settles, Oki, like, all those guys. So it was just, like, a a really mature place, um, but still, like, super helpful and, you know all of that, but just like super competitive. Um, you know, I remember like my freshman year. Um, you know, like doing practices. Like there's not like, like there's no rotation in practice. There's no assistant coach making sure that you get the reps in. Um, and I just remember like my first week of practice. Um, like trying to sub in multiple times. I was like, Jr. I got you. He's like, No, Jess, I got you coming. No. And then, <laughs> Eventually, yeah. like you can figure it out. I stood here for forty-five minutes. If I don't say yes, I'm not going to practice today. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and you know just that. And it wasn't anything malicious. It was like, hey, dude, this is like my senior year. Like you'll get the reps when you need to, or whatever, right? Um, so I just remember there been a, a ton of, of maturity, uh, you know, around you know the locker room, and it was it was great. And it was it was good to be able to learn, you know, from those guys because, um, you know, you look at the next year, we're super young.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: and also, speaking of Jess, uh, you, you say 55th year jokingly. Jess's freshman year, I was in eighth grade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. But,
4: and, and and for any youngins of the audience, this was pre-COVID.
2: Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. There
4: was no was extra COVID year.
2: year but, so. so a lot of people don't realize, we had three six-year seniors in the Big Ten that year. It really? was um evan eschmeyer from north oh, uh northwest I the Vic remember sevens, him right? oh yeah and then uh pete lisicki from Penn state yep remember so we that name three too three six-year seniors uh yeah you
4: so do du- as you brought up a name i want to follow up with and you brought up sam okey and it's kind of it. It's a story I remember, and I mean, for as maligned as he was for leaving his home state, transferring to Iowa from Wisconsin, comes into the program, and as you said, he had to wait to come in with his eligibility, and then he gets in, and then it was so short-lived because of that injury. I mean, how heartbreaking was that behind the scenes? I mean, you know, he just, Iowa fans were waiting for him to get his shot. I'm sure you guys were. He was, and then the injury in his season was done, and I mean, what, what, what was that like behind the scenes?
2: Yeah, it was it was one of those things. It was like a, a big letdown, right? Like you you wait all this time, you know. You start practicing in October, preseason, you know, non-conference games, you're getting close, and I want to say it was three games mm. that he played in. Um, but I mean, I, I answer this. You know, a lot of people always ask me, "Hey, you know, who are some of the better players you ever played with and against?" and uh, you know, a lot of people, if you're not a fan of the Big Ten or if you're from outside of the Midwest, you see Sam Olkey and people are like, what? But, dude, especially in, in, uh, in practice, right? Like, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. Um, you know, like the, the level of play in practice where it's almost a little unhinged, where it's a little bit less scripted um, than, you know, a, a game. That's when you really – first of all, that's when you really get better. Right individually, but then that's also where you see people do stuff that's like, dude, that is like nuts. And he was like, he was just about unguardable. Um, And yeah, I think it was it was three games, if that, Mm -hmm. uh, that he played in, you know, in the Big Ten that year. And you, I mean, you look at that at our team that year, um, you know, ended up going into Sweet Sixteen, which I have a just absolutely hilarious story about Coach Davis and, and that deal, but. You know, you, you look at Koch, Jeff Settles, Kim McCallson, Dean Oliver, Sam Okey, in that mix, and it's like that's a pretty solid squad. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was tough, man, because, like you said, everyone, you know, was everyone was kind of holding their breath, waiting, and then you get a glimpse of it, and then just like that, it's over. Yeah.
4: So real quick then, and um, you know we'll move on. But um, how bad was Jess settles back? I mean, we always kept hearing about his back problems and it kept him out for such a long time. And you know, it's, I think it's pretty well known he came back because it was Dr. Thomas. But I mean, how bad behind the scenes was Jess's back condition that senior year that he came back?
2: Yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, you know, our, you know, he, he was he was smart with it. Coach Davis was smart in what he did you know, between games, which was very limited, um, athletic training staff was really good, but I mean, there were, there were not many practices where he practiced like full contact, all, you know, the the entire practice. There were, there were very few from the, the beginning and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, um, you know, luckily, I think as a, as a freshman, I was, you know, kind of mature and understood, you know, how things go, but not everyone can understand that. It's like, well, he's not even practicing and, you know, he's getting to play and, you know, all of that stuff. But uh, obviously he had put in, you know, his work and it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a a issue of him not wanting to, or, you know, coach Davis just giving him time off, like for him to be able to compete, for him to have any chance of competing, that that was the only way it was going to work. So, um we I mean, super gutsy um yeah, just I mean it was it was a warrior, but it was, it was pretty bad. Okay.
4: So I've got a little quick question then on that team before we move on. And you said you've got yep. a funny story, but all right, I've always felt like that season should have a movie made after. You know, we've made movies about all these other sports things and all these guys coming back to Dr. Tom to be with him for his final year, you know, and they get to the sweet sixteen and Who's playing Duez Henderson in the movie about Dr. Tom's final season? Hmm. Man. <laughs> a young freshman Duez Henderson, who's playing that role.
2: I'm going Will Smith.
4: You're going Will Smith? All yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, obviously the acting pedigree is there. He looks like he he's like, you know, he, he would be formidable as a hooper. There you go. You know?
4: All right. I see that. Well, you know, and if you need a stunt double, Quinn Early did some stunt double work for him back in the day when we interviewed him. So there you go. We got you set up, man.
2: I didn't know that. Just
4: get him signed up. So.
3: (laughs) So I wanted to uh, really go over that that Big Ten tournament run. Jerry, was that that was two thousand one? Correct.
4: Yeah, he um, D- was probably better yep, one. Yeah, T- Two thousand one.
3: I just wanted to make sure I had the year right. That was a pretty epic run in the tournament. I mean, that was just an absolute blast watching you guys run through that tournament. Walk us through how you guys really dug, you know, scratch and clawed through that Big Ten tournament, and and what it was like throughout all those games. Because that's one that Hawkeye fans will always remember.
2: Yeah. Um. So Google can probably prove me wrong or tell me if I'm wrong here, but I believe we were 14 and 15 going into the Big Ten tournament. And our thought process is, you know, no one sits down at the beginning of the year and say, hey, let's get to the NIT. Yeah. But our thought process at that point was, hey, let's, let's get one win for sure. Let's be eligible for an NIT. We'll get to play, you know, another week or two and, you know, see what happens. So that was thought process going in. Not, again, not where anyone wants to be, but it is what it is at that point. Um, Northwestern, first game, I think. Mm -hmm. Played Northwestern, you know, pretty pretty evenly matched, um, you know, game. Um, We get that one then there was an upset that got us. Ohio State, it, wasn't it? Jeez, I'm I'm losing it. Because I get the two years mixed up because we just about <laughs> made, <you> know, <laughs> Well, we'll figure it but out anyway, right now. We, there, got, there were, we
4: got it. We got it. But anyway, so uh, – but anyway, continue on. Go ahead.
2: Yep. So, you know, we get that one. And then from that point on, like those next three days, next three games – The biggest thing I remember is it just being like literally Groundhog's Day, right? Like you went to the same restaurant, you know, you got the same post-game meal, you did the same recovery stuff, you watched film at the same time, and then you got up the next morning, right? Like the the exact same thing. And um, yeah, just the unbelievable like run, right? You you look at it. Like, I don't know if we hadn't won four games in a row probably since November of that year. And to be able to do
0: it with our backs against the wall, um, winner yeah
2: just just an unbelievable run Jeez, right. it was I, it's
3: not i'll never forget either and i i wow that was by far i would say in my in my opinion one of the best runs in you know iowa big 10 tournament history one of our most favorite and most memorable um do as i want to go um into a little bit about your professional career um it was in in germany you played about four or five years over there you know what was it like playing overseas, acclimating to a new country and a, a different style of basketball?
2: Yeah. Um, my welcome to European basketball, my um, original contract that I signed was with the team in Belgium. And I go and I'm like, I'm probably three days into the country um, and we have, you know, an exhibition game. Probably one of the worst halves of basketball I ever played. And then I notice that every time I catch the ball, I hear their coaches, their bench, their opposing team, bench coaches yelling like the same thing over and over again. I don't know what it is, but I can tell like it's the same thing. So going to the locker room, you know, sitting in the locker room at halftime and I'm talking to one of my teammates. I'm like, what the hell are they saying? He goes, uh, nothing, don't worry about it. I go, no, w- like, what are they saying? He goes, let the Americans shoot. Let the Americans shoot. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that was my uh, kind of welcome to Europe. And it was, it was not a, a, a great showing. But uh, luckily, my, my career, uh, it, it, it went up from there. I don't know if it could have went much further down. But um, really a, a great experience, uh, right? Right. I I divide it up into two pieces. The basketball part of it, I got paid to do something that I love. I got paid to see the country, to travel, you know, travel the world rather um, and do that. And then also just from a a life experience deal, um, this is the piece that the the older I get, the more I look back on it, the more appreciative I am. Like I I appreciated it at the time, but uh, again, just being able to see different cultures, different, you know, people, different ways to live um, was just really huge. But, yeah, I mean, basketball-wise, it was, um, you know, obviously at Iowa, um, you know, I had my role. I was I was an energy guy, you know, usually guarded other teams, best player, took a ton of pride in that. Um, you know, and if you look at it, you know, I basically played with four guys who played some – at least sometime in the NBA – I mean, you just, you do the math, you do the, you start looking at the numbers there's just not a lot of shots and opportunities offensively. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things I'm most proud of is um, I just continue to get better after I left Iowa and I was probably playing my best basketball at, you know, 25, 26, 27 years old uh, okay. where offensive role got to expand a little bit, uh, be counted upon them in a, a different way than I was accustomed to. So, um, yeah just absolutely great experience and um you know the as big as the basketball world is once you get to europe it gets so small i mean you'll you know if you were you know lucky enough to be near a bigger city uh when you go to you know you go to tgi fridays in the middle of dusseldorf germany and you see three americans that you played against in college or you know whatever so uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing, um, you know, nothing, no, no regrets about it at all. Um, great experience. I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate. I I talk to players all the time or not all the time, but you know, fairly frequently that may have opportunities to play and they don't know if they want to, because it may not be the money or the location that they want. And it's like, dude, go and do it for two years. Like nothing, like you lose yeah. absolutely nothing. It is a, a great experience. And, the, the life experience part of it down the road is, is where it's really at that you'll really be
4: appreciative of. Okay. Was, I I apologize. I had some technical difficulties there. Um, oh, I'm go, I want to step right back just a little bit into that big 10 tournament run um, that you guys had, we were, you were talking about. And number one, you were the first team to win four games in four days and win the tournament. If I remember correctly, weren't you?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Definitely yes, we were.
4: And and to your point, we uh, what I remember about that, and maybe this is more of a personal question for me and nobody else really thinks about this, but you did have Ohio State in the second round. And the reason I remember that is because you guys had a, I would call like a horrible first half against Ohio State. Yeah. And you came out at halftime and just set the world on fire. And then, like you said, Penn State was the next game and then yeah. Indiana for the championship. Right. But Penn State, I think, had the Crispins maybe at the time. I can't remember, but... They did. I guess what, what happened at halftime of that Ohio State game because you guys came out and it, it was kind of like you know the Washington Generals got replaced with the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> and I mean you guys and it was like no looking back from then on the tournament. Did something happen? Did you guys get like multiple you know feedings of Cheerios? I mean, what happened there? Wheaties,
3: Cheerios,
4: Cheerios, <laughs> Wheaties. I don't know.
3: I'm the hell did you think I'm of Cheerios?
4: <laughs> Captain Crunch. Any oh of that man! Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I gonna
3: mean, be Captain Crunch. He's gonna have a diabetic uh, coma at halftime.
4: <laughs> I, I meant Wheaties. materials <laughs> is what I came up with. That's the fantastic. Anyway, what, was, know, there any, uh, was there anything? Or what was the switch you got with? I mean, man, I always wondered
2: that. I, I wish I knew. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I remember. I know we were down devil figures. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I wish I had some for you. Um, maybe it was Fruity Pebbles. I don't know. But hey, Something happened. It was a swishing hat flip.
4: Well, I thought maybe you got some, you know, the Cheerios. Maybe you got some fiber in your diet and it brought some life to the, to the team. I don't oh, know. Oh,
3: man. That, was, that might be the good. best question in the history of this show. <laughs> since we're like going going downhill here I, this is the point of the show where if your kids ever go back and watch it we want to stop it right here right before yeah. Jerry's cheerio <laughs> question but um if, if I gotta,
4: watches it, you might want to just end it after his appearance <laughs> I,
3: I've always said if I ever get a chance to talk to S. Henderson I'm going to tell him the story and I absolutely have to tell you this okay it's the most ridiculous right, right. thing ever I'm 19 years old I'm in um, a college dorm a buddy of ours on our floor pulls us in and just so you know you don't have to worry this wasn't in iowa and he says so guys um i can make fake ids and we're like okay like you know kids in high school you do dumb things like that you know and so we're like well, what names do you guys want so we're like take, <laughs> taking pictures and stuff and uh, the other guy next to me he goes um i want duez henderson and I look over at him, I'm like, Duas Henderson? And he goes, yeah, that's my favorite Hawkeye. And I'm like, Nobody in the world's going to believe your name is Duas when you walk into a bar, you're a 5 foot 8 white kid from small town <laughs> Iowa and you're going to go hey goes I don't care and he goes and, and so like we used to joke around all the time whenever we'd go out we'd call him Duas like just joking around and he was like yeah man that's my guy that's my player like you know so I always had to tell you that story. I've been holding on to that story for like 20 years. So. I don't-
2: that is absolutely hilarious. If there's <laughs> any proof, not that I don't believe you, but if there's a picture of this five eight white kid, white kid <laughs> Henderson, I would lo- I would frame that. Okay, would-
3: okay. I'll have to see if he still has it. I mean, I'm doubting that he did, but um, this kid was a diehard Iowa basketball fan, as was I, and uh, he just said it without like he knew. He was like, he asked me, goes, "Do uh, do us Henderson," and I look over at him like wait wait what he's like yeah that's what i want he's like people here in nebraska aren't gonna know that and i'm like whatever whatever man go for it dude
2: that is that is hilarious man i'm glad you held on to that because uh, yeah that's good stuff i contemplated
3: not telling you that because i'm like okay this is really trashy and (laughs) really immature
2: that is definitely the high. i mean between that and cheerio's I don't know if there's a better content out there. Jerry's (laughs)
4: got to get his fiber. We aim to please (laughs) cholesterol has been a little high lately. So I had to think about the cheerio. All right. Do as we're we're,
3: got to wind this baby down, we're We're getting to be close to an hour, but I want to end on one thing. Okay. This when you were at Iowa, that was more of like one of the, I would say highlights in Iowa basketball where, you know, you got a lot of stars, a lot of memorable players, a lot of memorable moments. Take us in behind the scenes. It's a Friday night. It's Iowa City. No basketball season. You and the boys are going to be hitting the town. Who who's coming with you? What are you going to be doing? Okay? And then what are top two or three songs you guys are going to be listening to when you're out and about for the night? Bring us in. Paint us a picture.
2: I'm going uh, to one from my, my boy, Jalen Rose, coming okay. uh, on the podcast. What is it? Uh, taking you behind the curtain, huh? Yep. Uh, I want to hear it. Friday night. Uh, is this like – because the the social scene changed a lot from freshman year. Not that I attended only any of those 21 and up establishments as a 19-year-old. Sure, of course but, not. Of course uh, not. Are, are we talking like freshmen – senior like whatever
3: whatever stands out the one that
2: comes
4: to mind first when when you're thinking
3: about the good times in college and one of the you know one of those groups that comes to mind with some teammates and you guys are out where are you going you're having a good time what do you guys you know maybe having to drink what you know what what are we what are we doing what's what's playing on the stereo that night
2: yep Um, uh in
3: the compact disc player
2: yeah it definitely was uh cds at the time it's definitely either like Nelly, okay. It's like hot in here. It just came out, Country Grammar. Okay. Um, anything DMX, um, or Jay Z. Would it been the Blueprint? The Blueprint, or maybe the Black Album?
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, but that's the soundtrack. Okay. Um, there's probably uh, we're probably hydrating with uh, some cranberry vodkas. Ooh.
3: Okay. Good choice. Um,
2: yeah, um, and then it's probably a, a Vito's slash Spoko night. Okay. Um, and you definitely had it capped off with the Marco's grilled cheese in the pit Mall.
4: Ooh, mm. money. Solid. All a right. Solid. And then a, and then a little Cheerios bedtime snack. <laughs> <laughs> All, oh. right. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, all right. So before so we like, So okay, go ahead.
2: I don't know how much time we got, but we got I, all you know, the time, whatever we want. One of my uh favorite stories. It's not Iowa related. It's not University of Iowa related. It's Iowa State related. Okay. <clears throat> this is probably six or seven years ago. I'm in Kansas City coaching uh team and i wake up on a sunday and my back is just like totally like out of whack killing me so i'm calling around like crazy in kansas city trying to find a ch- chiropractor that's open mm-hmm. so make 10 15 calls i finally find one and i walk in this guy's like in gym sh- like jean shorts like a polo shirt like just like not looking like a chiropractor i really like wanted to to have work on me but yeah he like lays me down on the table. He says, You're kind of a big dude. He goes, Did you uh you play a sport or something? I go, Oh yeah, I played, I played basketball at the University of Iowa. He goes, Iowa State or Iowa? He goes, anyway, you're gonna love this story. <laughs> so he says, Do you know Larry Eustachi? Uh oh. I said, I, I do know him he says, well, you know, the, the story about, you know, how he was in, you know, ended up getting fired and, yeah you know, the picture that, mm. you know, kind of started it off. And he said, I said, yeah, you know, obviously, whatever. So he pulls out his phone and he pulls up the picture and you guys are going to, I guarantee you're going to Google this. But if he goes, that's me right there. And he points like right behind Larry, you say she showed her. Really? It's just wow. There. So he was a student at the University of Missouri at the time. Basically came home from after hours or from working at a bar. Uh-huh. And all of that stuff really? went down in his apartment. Yeah. like that, <laughs>
3: I thought those pictures were fake when those yeah. came out. I'm like, there's no way that he's going to go to a party like that on campus. Cause I always heard he would drive himself. And a lot of times I heard he had a motor- motorcycle he would drive, but then when it got too cold, he would go on his own. And I, we, those pictures came out I'm like, those are doctored. There's no way he even had his little mock turtleneck on and everything. I did not think that was real. Like, did he yep. give any of any other like information about the story from that night? Cause you got me pulled in now on this.
2: <laughs> I'll shoot you an email.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair leave enough.
4: Everybody at home wondering. But all right. So, Duez, we're going to leave on this note. It's a yes or no answer. Do you have a single stitch of Michigan gear in the house right now? Ooh. No. Yeah. Go hard, right, baby. There we go. That's the way to end an interview all right. con- you got converted all right u
3: s that was a lot of fun. We were only wanting this to be about thirty five minutes and like we we got so pulled in it was like such good stories, and we appreciate your time
2: you know, you I so appreciate much. you guys man this is this is awesome um appreciate you guys just engaging with with Hawkeye fans and giving them something to look forward to uh it's again, it was just cool really for me to see and hear you guys' perspective and hear questions from the outside in and, and really, yeah. well, really uh, it, challenge me to think through some stuff.
4: Anytime you want to come visit, we'll send the covered wagon down to pick you up at the airport. So, I love it. We'll <laughs> make sure
3: you that, uh,
2: that, that Ethernet plug plugged in over there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, we'll man.
3: Try, man. it's tough. All right, Duez, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it.
2: Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Go Hawks. All right, go, go Hawks. Hawks. See ya.